when Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. Episode 16 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. You're all very welcome along. This is our second podcast for uh, the new season, the uh, 2021 season. Uh, full house tonight, we have uh, Sean Dunn. How are things, Sean? How's things, Connor? How are you keeping? Good now. Um, we have Magoo, as always. Magoo, how are things? Bad boys and yourselves. And finally, we're joined by uh, Jerry O'Connor. How are things, Jerry? Yeah, all good, Connor. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, today's podcast, we'll also be joined by our new Sligo Rovers signing, uh, Jordan Gibson. So he'll join us on the line uh, for a chat about um, about uh, his recent signing and his recent um, move to the Northwest. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we'll, we're going to talk about, um, I guess, the kind of the structure of the squad and how we're looking as we go into the new season. And... Um, we're going to do a little bit of a review of the game, the friendly against Athlone. And um, just before we finish up the podcast, we're going to have a chat with Jerry uh, about the link up between Sligo Rovers and Everton. I know this was announced a number of weeks ago, um, but um, Jerry O'Connor was central to um, the coming together of both clubs. So um, best to talk to the man himself, get it from the horse's mouth. Um, but that's not to say that we won't be hearing from uh, Mr. O'Connor throughout the podcast now that he's here with us. So, um, okay. Uh, as I said, we will start off with um, we, we'll start off with a quick chat about the friendly that we had, and we'll talk about that in relation to uh, the squad where we can. Sean, um, generally, you know, I suppose you you got to be positive on the back of, of what we saw again. Hard to read read in, into friendly game, but um, what stood out to you? What was your takeaway from the game? Well, it goes against what we were saying last week, but I think Johnny Kenny's the takeaway from the game, isn't he? <laughs> no, you're not doing any Michal Martin impressions this week, uh, Sean, no? <laughs> Trying to take the fun out of everything for everyone. <laughs> no, what can you say? First and second goals, two outstanding finishes by the young lad. Um, he definitely was. He was, the, he was the standout performer from that game, but... There's a lot of positives to take from it. Um, Jordan Gibson, I thought was excellent as well throughout that game. Really lively, exciting looking player. Uh, really impressed with Danny Kane at centre half. Excellent on the ball. Uh, very calm, collected. Look good, look sharp. And hopefully, I'd like to see him signed if he can you know, stay fit. That's the most important thing there. Yeah. Bulger as well, again, a class act. Well, what did you like about Bulger? What was it about his game? It's everything, Connor. I think you take into account with him his positioning on the pitch. He's always available for a pass, can spray the ball, leadership, and just his all round play. It's, it doesn't look outstanding at times, but it's just always productive. Yeah. Uh, Magoo, the biggest and obvious question mark uh, to be answered at the moment is are they going to sign Danny Kane? Um, well, I, like Sean, I think they should, yeah. If, if... Like it's it's obvious um the the gaffer is pushing him in preseason. He's starting every game and he's playing as much as he can. He's pushing and pushing and pushing to see if he can stand up to it. And I think if he if he does, if he comes through preseason uh with no injuries, I'd say he'd sign him. It's a no brainer to sign him. Right back, left back, centre half. It's like a club like Sliger Rovers, we're not gonna have four centre halves challenging for the starting spot. So I think someone like Danny Kane is invaluable to to us, a club, a squad like ours. Yeah. So I think he'd be great signing. Like it's not, and it's not to say that he's like a fully fit Danny Kane would probably be pushing to start. So you're getting a great player as well. Yeah. As versatile, which is. Jerry, I think like you know over the last couple of seasons, one of the big issues that we had is we probably thought we had players of quite a high standard, but for most of the season, some of these players were injured, and the club 
I would imagine don't want to go down this road again. So Danny Kane could be um, could be a bit of a liability in that regard going on his past history. So that that might uh, go against him. Yeah, uh, and I suppose that's probably part of the reason why he hasn't been signed yet. Um, I don't look. There's no doubt in his ability, and I think as Magoo uh, touched on there, I think the gaffer is pushing him to see, you know, what, what can he get through the the, the preseason. Uh, and I think at this stage, if he can. You can't not offer him a contract. Yeah. Like, I wonder as well, um, on the, the website, sluggerovers.com, um, the manager is quoted as saying that he remains in the mix um, for further squad additions. So, what, Sean, what, what parts of the pitch are we bringing in further additions where, where possible? And what does that mean for Danny Kane? Does that mean that somebody might come in and he might get his contract? I wouldn't imagine so, no. I think Danny, Danny Kane is... Is separate to that, I'd say he's I'd say as a stance, he's nearly part of the manager's plans as it is. I'd say he's looking to the squad as with Danny Kane involved and then adding on top of that as well. Um, for me personally, I'd be looking for a creative midfielder, I think that's just something we are lacking. Um, I know the freaks and that will be coming back, but the freaks can play out wide and he can play off the striker as well. But an out and out number 10, I think, is what we lack at the moment. It's something I'd like to see come in and maybe. I'm not saying left back, right back, we're kind of covered there. I would have liked to seen another left back come in personally, but um, maybe another striker actually. Oh, <laughs> what's up, Magoo? <laughs> ah, poor old Johnny Kenny. Oh, poor, well, young, poor young well, Johnny Kenny. Well, okay, well, well Magoo, where, where, where do you, you know, what position do you think that we need strengthening in? Where are you going to bring the player in? Not like Sean, I'd say, centre midfield. I think. The tr- we have three now as centre midfielders with Bulger, Moran, and Cawley, and they're very much of a mutinous, really. They're um, they're very similar. I think I suppose it all depends on what system uh, we're going to play. Like if you're if you're playing a four-two-three-one or whatever, and you have two boys sitting, you're you're not relying on a creative midfielder as much. You're going to have the two boys sitting, and you're going to let the rest of them do what they want up top. But if you're playing a four-three-three or whatever, we're probably at times going to need. We are going to need someone in the midfield to, with a bit more about them, a bit more creativity about them. To, and plus, just in other, in other games, when you need, like, as we said last week, it's always good to have the, the squad options. Like, there can be games where there can be two, there be two boy, two of the lads in there just to battle it out. But there'll be games at home when there's teams sitting back and we're going to need a bit more guile on the ball from deeper. Like, so okay. I, that's what I'd be looking to if I was, if what Sean was saying. Okay, it's, so let's, uh, let's have around centre. Create, creative failure, yeah. Okay, so let's have a quick conversation about what our starting 11 um, is probably going to look like. And just while you would think about that, um, we put the question out there on Twitter and we got a good bit of feedback. Um, so um, I think we know now, I think we have a fair idea of what the, the structure of the team is going to look like from a formation point of view. We, we've seen it throughout last season. Um, we're, going to have a, we're going to have a back four. Um, we're going to have probably two holding midfielders with somebody sitting in front of them, uh, two wide players and Parks or Kenny or somebody like that up front. I mean, is that the structure? That's fair to say. Does anybody think we're going to deviate from that in any way? I think in the first half um, in the game, there the last day against Galway, or against, sorry, Athlone, we played a couple of different formations throughout the game, which was interesting to see. Um, I think we kind of started off with a 4-4-2 and then changed it at halftime. That's right, yeah. normal um, formation, but I'd expect us to see to continue on with that formation. Um, four four two. No, no, sorry, four 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 three three or four five one. Okay, so um, I mean, yeah, the the three men in the middle of the park, wide players, somebody up top, back four. Um, Michael Mulvey, uh, he gave us what he thought his starting eleven would be. So McGinty and Goals, Banks are right back, Mahan Buckley centre half partnership with McCourt left back. You've got Bulger number six, um, Morahan um, in the middle of the park with Figuera and Gibson on the wings, and then De Vries and Parks up front. So that's his preferred 11. Um, he's, uh, it's a change of formation there. He's got two men up front. I mean, like, I, you know, in relation to the hype around Johnny Kenny, I can't see him if we're st- if we're doing a num- playing with a, a number nine up top. I can't see him starting, at least for the start of the season, ahead of Parks. No, 
No, no. Well, I swear, just, just sorry, just getting back to Sean's point last week. Reading through the the comments on Twitter from people sending in their their teams, it was good to see that nobody actually had uh, Johnny Kenny starting. I don't think. Yeah. Which is which is is good. You know, they're not the the they're they're cooling their jets, Sean, just yet. <laughs> um, it's looking at looking at the side there from um, Shooter Kelly. Okay, yeah, yeah uh, going with a four-three-three there. I'd, I'd like to see something played along the lines of a diamond in regards to that. So, what I think with the players he selected there, you could you could use that as a diamond formation. I think that could work quite well for us as well. Just to go through Paul's uh, starting eleven, he's got McGinty and Golds, uh, Banks right back, Mahan and Buckley in the middle, uh, Don and left back, uh, Morahan, Bulger, Cawley in midfield, and uh, the top three is Gibson on the right. Parks in the middle and DeVries on the left. Uh, what about Donlan left back? Um, I, I suspect that I have a feeling that we're going to see McCourt in centre half um, more than some people might think. And I think we're going to see a lot of Donlan again, hoping that he's injury free. But towards the end of the game against that own, Donlan went in, um, sorry, McCourt went in centre half with Banks, I think, at one stage. Um, like I know it's the dying embers of a game against that loan, it's a friendly, but on the ball, he moved the ball so quickly, his passing was so direct, it was he knew exactly what he wanted to do with it before the ball came to him. And that to me looked really interesting. Well, he's, never, really, he's never had any competition the last few years, Donnan. Sorry, when I when I talk about it, it was it's McCourt I was talking about uh, who was in centre oh. half at the end of the game. And um he, he looked really good, he stood out to me. And I I think that he could potentially play a lot of that season if we've got injuries to Buckley and you know we're, we're three games into the uh, three friendlies in and he's already there's already a question mark about Buckley mm. Connor just in relation to McCourt from what I've seen of him playing at left full he's actually surprised me I've seen very little of him at Waterford in that he, he looked like a decent player in at centre centre of the park and centre half but when I've seen him there playing left full for us he's actually has a trick in him and he's actually he's a deceivingly quick he got up and down that line and he got by players and he was he was constantly looking for to be the overlap and to actually attack. It was something I was, I was surprised to see because when I heard about him that he could play left full, I thought he'd be more of a conventional fullback as not going forward, just sit back, stay in tight, do your job like type fullback. But no, he's actually very attacking. He's, he's surprising in what he can actually do from there. I'd have him up there um, in terms of our our best line in, in, in the close season with Bulger. Yeah. Um, I think he probably have, again, between a seven and Bulger, I think they probably played the most amount of minutes in, in pre-season two. Um, uh, I think McCourt's played what? He's played left-back, centre-back, centre-midfield and left-midfield already. Uh, and he hasn't looked out of place in any of those positions. Yeah. And just the fact that John saying is that he's he's fairly physical too. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes well, back. It goes back to the Danny, sorry. It goes back to the Danny game point that someone like that is invaluable to us, who can play all them positions. It's something you can see Buckley's been looking for. Is is versatility in players. He likes a small squad. You can see he likes. Well, he said that on last season on the podcast. He likes a squad of about 20, 21 players. So if you can have versatility throughout that squad, it's it's invaluable to him. When you have Danny Kane who can play, basically play across the whole back four, you have Horgan coming in who can play left and right back. You have McCourt who can play left back, centre half and centre midfield. Even if Gibson who can play off either side on the left or on the right. I think Blaney's the same, isn't he? Yeah, Blaney, is, yeah, Blaney can play in at left full as well, I think, and right full yeah. and centre half. So that's what you need. You know, for a, we can't afford to have 30 players on the... <laughs> On the sheets, you know what I mean, with seven or eight sitting in the stand every week. It's we, just not feasible. What we all, what we also can't afford is we can't afford to be a huge drop off. If you're if you're missing a centre half, that we're bringing a, a, a young fella in, or we're pushing one of the like last year that happened loads was pushing yeah. one of the midfielders back. Like if you were someone like McCord, if he's playing left back all season and acting a centre half gets injured and he has to go in, it's not going to be that much of a step down. And that's that really hurt us last year. I thought in awful lot of games because it's take, it was taken out of midfield us as well as losing the natural instinct of a defender in centre half. And I think that's that, that I think that 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 Buckley's going along them lines as well with as you're saying with it with the versatility of all the players. But also if the if you have a fellow who can play all across the back four, you're not going to be that much of a step down as bringing in an under nineteen or a fellow 
from midfield going back. Like Moran had to go back there a few times last year to right back, and it's just it's not the same. No, I think once you're just touching on last season there, you look, take the Shams game at home. It was the biggest patchwork quilt side I've ever seen in my life. It was just players thrown in everywhere. It was just bodies filling holes. There was actually, yeah. and I'd say Buckley looked at that and says, never again. Yeah, that's the, if you, if you, have, if you have five fellas in your squad who can play at four different positions, like you're going to be really, really unlucky yeah. with injuries at the one time to be, to be majorly caught out. Um, just going back to Twitter there quickly, um, Aaron O'Connor makes a point that I think is valid in relation to um, how we played last year, last season. He says that um, we need our fullbacks to hit the ground running from the start, give us options high up the pitch, uh, and that Mahan and Buckley have to play as much as possible together. And he's looking for creativity in midfield as well. He says it could be a bit of a concern there. But just going on to the fullbacks, um, do we think that, um, well, Jerry, do you think that the fullbacks? were involved enough last season. I would say that that was one of the issues that we had from an attacking sense. And I know a lot of people here were watching a lot of Liverpool last season. Um, but I do feel that, um, you know, we didn't have deeper play- players making runs from deep to really shake things up from an attacking point of view. I w- things got a bit stale again, the, Waterford, the game down in Waterford. Um, I mean, you could take your pick of games where things got stale last season. But... Do we want to see our fullbacks pushing on, being that attacking force? Yeah, um, I think that's uh, something that we'd all love to see, uh, and it was lacking last season. Um, I think because of the shortened season, in a way, it was important last season not to lose games. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but I think we can take more chances this year with a full season, uh, with a full program of games this season. Um, and just to kind of add a bit more on to your previous um, question, just in terms of formation and that, I think we have, well, obviously we've got a better a better squad than last year, but I think that better squad and having very flexible players within the squad, it'll actually allow us to perhaps play different formations um, and even change formation throughout games to, to suit what's happening on the pitch. Whereas last year, as Magoo touched on, look, we didn't have a lot on the bench. We, we weren't able to change things a lot. Uh, whereas this year, I think, you know, we, we can play different formations and I think it, it'll give a greater opportunity for the, the fullbacks to, to push on. Let's have a quick chat about um, the two goals from, from Kenny. The first uh, goal uh, he's put through by, which I have to say, was a beautifully way. I, I, I'm as I was excited, and I know we don't want to go overhyping people, but I was as excited by watching that young fellow Mark Byrne as I was with Johnny Kenny. The weight of the pass that he picked up in the middle of the park. Oh, hold on, that was the goal where the Athlone fullback for some reason pinged the ball into the center circle uh, at nobody for no reason, and Byrne picked it up and bounced twice. And he played that beautifully weighted pass in between the two defenders. Kenny was pointing, Kenny knew exactly where he wanted it. And he, it was a lovely way to pass by Byrne and uh, Kenny goes on to score. Like, it's hard not to, I know we're doing Dunner's dampening down, uh, but it's hard not to get excited <laughs> after after watching. He's, he's Sean, he's a proven goal scorer. Goal scorer. I mean, he, he, he's not a proven, but he is a goal scorer. He's going to find the net. Just for the record, all right, I think Johnny Kenny is an absolutely outstanding <laughs> young talent, all right, because this is coming across the wrong way altogether. I just don't want people getting on the lads back too soon because I think he's a genuinely, he's a young, lovely young fellow as well, so he is. His head's well and truly screwed on. Um, but no, I just don't want people just hyping him up way beyond needs to be at the moment. For his goal... In simple uh, terms, though, he, he's a goal scorer, isn't he? He's oh, a natural yeah, goal scorer. 100%, 100%. And actually a lot better than I thought he was going to be at this level in terms of the confidence he's brought into the, to this sta- brought into at this stage of his career. Um, his, as you says there, his connection with Byrne was excellent for that goal. You could see where they had played together at the under 19s or that. You could see that little link up because that true ball from Byrne is top class, but Kenny has to do an awful lot after that. He still yeah, has to round the defender and the keeper and then the tight angle. Like, and middle of so no, easy. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. If a Gary Twig or someone had done that, they'd be waxing lyrical about it for months. Yeah, like that. It was an outstanding finish. Our, our like no disrespect to um, our you know former 
members of, st- members of staff at the club. But I think if that was a uh, Coughlin there or somebody, they're looking to hit the keeper. They're looking for contact with the keeper there, aren't they? The, the handy thing to do there is go down, get your pen up, yellow yeah. card for the keeper, whatever it might be. But for Kenny to to uh, to find that space, like the touch is lovely. It's a lovely touch around the keeper, but it's a tight angle, and you're thinking he's not he's not going to do it from there. But it's so easy. He does, and he's got to he's got to get it. He's got to deal with the angle. He's got to get around the keeper. He's got a defender running in as well. Even to finish, he's got a lot to do. Oh no, that was it. Was no easy task that goal. Um, the the second goal was very nice as well. It was a nice bit of play again on the left hand side. It was again. It was Mark Byrne, wasn't it? Who he, he Killy, I, think, I, think it was Killy, I think it was Killian Heaney the, the second one. All right, okay. Um, but it was a, an equally nice move. It was. It was Jerry. It was. A, it was exciting to see the young talents connecting together on the, on the, the senior stage. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was probably the look. The three goals were were brilliant, but for me, I think just seeing the youth, the young lads coming through and doing so well, um, it's just you know I think the the academy is starting to bear fruit now. Um, like you've seen young Jason Devaney come on as well. Uh, he was on about for ten or so minutes, but like didn't look out of place. Was able to take the ball down. Didn't panic. Passed us. You know, done everything that he was supposed to, and he actually played left side of midfield where normally he's a, a left back. So I tell you, like, I know a little bit about about Jason Devaney. I think he could play. He could play anywhere. That guy. He's got a great uh, football head and shoulders. Got a great head and shoulders. Anyway, but yeah. he's another. Um, he's another really kind of solid player. Um, I think the other thing about the, the squad, Magoo, is that you don't want to have a big squad as well for who might you know you, you might have players coming in who could potentially be standing in the way of. Yeah, these these academy players who are of sufficient talent who do need the experience and if we were to finish fourth which would be incredible again this season playing some academy players throughout the season I mean what a season that would be like you know yeah yeah oh, 100% like you, you don't like you won't want to send away the one thing about Buckley is he, he will give you the chance so he will he'll be taken out of consideration as well when he's looking at players or thinking about further signings he'll he'll he won't want anyone to be standing in the way of, of young fellas coming through yeah. because um, like we were just, I know it was only at loan the other night, but like by the end of the game, I think it was eight, maybe nine, which I know it was only at loan and friendly, but none of them looked out of place. Mm. Okay, well, you're breaking up there. So while you're breaking up, um, right. we'll wrap up. These loan lads are going into the... Can I just come in about Johnny Kenny just for a second? Right, go, go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> no, just um, I know we're saying it was at one and blah blah blah, but like he played the a perfect centre forward role uh, the other night. You know, he took it down, he laid it off. His movement was unreal. Uh, yeah, his link up was. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. And at one stage there, he got a kick in the middle of the park, um, and it was quite a heavy knock he took. You know, he got back up, and you could say that's a bit of naivety, but I don't think it's naivety. I think. He'll always be that type of honest player. And he kind of reminds me of Seamus Coleman in the way he carries himself, the way he uh, plays the game. It's just his his attitude and stuff like that. He just, like, and I know we don't want to be bigging him up and, blah, you know, that sort of thing. But if you look at, say, the likes of Shams and Bowes and things like that, part of promoting these players is is kind of getting their name out there like Evan Ferguson at Bowes playing at 15 he's gone over to the UK to, to Brighton and is doing quite well you've got the Gavin Bazanu from Shams as well you know these guys were thrown in at, at an early age as well to promote them to get them seen and stuff like that so I, I don't think there's any harm and it's part of the part of the game now that you know, there are no hiding places really anymore for young lads. And I, I don't think it's too much of a problem. And I don't think it'd be a problem for Johnny Kenny. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I do... Sorry, Connor, just to... Go on, yeah. No, just to go back to the, the point we were making about, and I suppose last week's point as well, about uh, bringing players in and stopping you coming through and on Johnny Kenny. I don't think, I think now if you were trying to hold Johnny Kenny back, it would. Whereas we were saying, you know, if he gets ten games and, and a goal, 
it'll be great. And, you know, just let him develop slowly and all that. But I think now if you're to hold him, trying to hold him back now, it could actually do the opposite of what you want. It could damage him. The, man, the young fellow's on such a high now and I'd say it's a flow that you need to keep him in the, he needs to be kept in the loop now and, and let just let it off the leash now at this stage. Yeah. I think that he's, he's, the preseason has, has made him take two or three steps forward, jumps forward. Whereas I say at the end of last season, when he was signing the contracts before preseason started, they were probably thinking we slowly integrate him into the, the squad and make it an all game here and there or whatever. That. But obviously he's come in to start preseason in training and put a marker down and Buckley says, we'll see what you can do and still come in. And I think he's just jumped on now two or three steps and I don't think they can hold him back now. I think it'd be detrimental to the young fellow if you started trying to hold him back now. I think he has to be just there. Obviously, maybe not starting 11, but I think he'll be on the bench and getting game time from the off. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, okay, we're going to speak to um, Jordan Gibson, our new signing who's recently joined the club from St. Patrick's Athletic. Uh, before we do, we'll just give you a quick reminder about the Sligo Rovers Bingo Night, which takes place on Friday night. Uh, it starts at 8 p.m. It's held over Zoom. It's great fun. You can find all the details, um, how to get your bingo cards, get your numbers and stuff like that on sligarovers.com forward slash bingo. Um, it is 12 euros for a single book and it is 20 euros for a double book. And they're paying out uh, over 1,300 euro in uh, in prizes and uh, it's great fun. I wasn't there last Friday night. I was there the night before. Uh, how did, Were you there last Friday night, Jerry? Yeah, it was really good. Um, and um, again, I think 300 people playing. So it's, uh, yeah, it was great crack. I really enjoyed it. Um, um, I think everybody is from the feedback as well. So. Yeah, no, it's great fun. All the O'Grady's there again last Friday? Yeah, Harry included. <laughs> um, yeah. Come on, Harrison. Huh? Come on, Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> um, what does Big Ronnie be on? He does. And listen, it's O'Grady Fest 2021. <laughs> Every O'Grady under the sun is there. It's great. The Clancy's. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the bingo. Uh, this Friday night, it's going to run. It could run for another couple of weeks because um, it really is uh, proving hugely successful. Okay. Um, up next, it's our chat with uh, Jordan Gibson. Okay. First of all, Jordan, thanks a million for your time uh, and joining us on um, the podcast. Um, you've been in Sligo. Uh, what are you? You're here a month? Maybe a bit more? Yeah. I came... Um... I think it was, when was it? January the 20th, I think. I had to self-isolate for two weeks, so um, I had to come a bit earlier and then uh, pre-season started the first week of Feb, so I've been there for about two months now. Okay, so how, how, how since you've got back onto the, the field, um, how have you been getting on, integrating yourself in with um, with uh, the players in Sligo Rovers? Yeah, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. Um, good set of lads. Um, settled in really well. Uh, get on with everyone. Um, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I think um, obviously pre-season's a time for getting fit and understanding each other, how we play. Um, and we've done that well so far. So it's been good. We spoke to uh, Ed McGinty last week and one of the points that he made, he said that it, it's a little bit harder for um, players and squads to integrate and for new players coming into squads to integrate because of COVID. Um you get together when you're training and that's kind of about it. And um, like Magoo was telling us there that there's even measures being taken within the club to stop players congregating um, because of COVID. So has that been a bit of a, a bit of a challenge? Yeah, it's not, it's not been um, as easy as it normally is. Obviously you can go places with people and, you know, get a bite to eat after training and stuff like that. But um, no, it's been fine. Um, I've settled in well, as I said, uh, since the first day. You know, lads like Greg Bulger and uh, Buckley, um, they've, you know, integrated me into the group. Uh, so, yeah, it's been fine. Uh, no issues with um, how it's been. And I'm enjoying it, yeah. So um, what led to the move from St. Pat's? How, how did that come about? Um, obviously, with the COVID situation last season, um, I went to St. Pat's uh, just for, for a few games and, um, just to get back up and running and um, after the season finished Liam Buckley got in contact with me and um, was eager to sign me um, so yeah just um, obviously played against Sligo last season and had a difficult game so uh, yeah I know about the team and 
I was just looking forward to to coming down and uh, get going. Jordan, how did the move come about for yourself to move the same paths? You were with Bradford in that previously. How how was that swap over to the League of Ireland? How did that come about? Yeah, it was out of the blue, to be fair. Um, I was looking at options in England and my agent called me and um, said that St. Pat's are interested. Uh, so I had to do my research on the league and obviously um, St. Pat's as well because I didn't really know too much about it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I just thought it was a good opportunity. Obviously, it was a bit um, confusing as to when the season was going to start again in England. There was no set return date. Uh, it could have been September, whatever. So I just thought, um, obviously, to get started in July and play some some games, it was a good opportunity for me. So, uh, Jordan, do your research before you come over to Dublin. And um, what uh, what's in your head before you do land in Dublin? And how does that then compare to the reality of the league? So, you know, what was your what were you expecting before you got here? Um. You know, I've been to Dublin a, a couple of times before. Uh, we had a Christmas do with Bradford in Dublin, so I, I kind of knew the area I was, I was coming into. Um, as for the League of Ireland, obviously I heard it was a good standard. Um, so for me, it was just about getting games and um, minutes under my belt and seeing how it was, how I could adapt to it as quick as possible and doing well, so... So what does Liam Bucky say to you when he gets on the phone? Um, how does he entice you to come to the Northwest? Yeah, well, he called me a good 10, ten times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and go easy, go easy. <laughs> no, no. He was just saying, obviously, about his career and obviously he played in the Liga and went to Belgium and stuff like that. And um, he just said, obviously, Europe, European football and... Um, he wants to improve on last season. Obviously, they finished fourth uh, and he wants to do better this, this year and he's getting a good squad together uh, and he wanted me to be part of it. Was Europe a massive factor in your signing for Rovers? Say that again, sir? Was Europe a massive factor in your signing for Rovers? Uh, yeah, it was a big big factor, to be fair. Um, it's, it's a good opportunity to play in Europe. Um, obviously, you don't really get uh, too many chances to do it obviously I haven't done it yet and uh, I wanted to to test myself in Europe and yeah it was it, it was a factor it wasn't the biggest factor um, but yeah it was a factor yeah and Jordan just um, with regards to your own career like what's the what's the end game is it are you looking to get back over the water again yeah well you know for me I want to play as high as possible. Um, I've wanted to do that since a young age, whether that be um, Championship, Premier League. Obviously, that's a long, long way off, but um, I'm only here once. I've only got one career, so I'm going to try and push myself to play as high as possible. Uh, where do... Um, we, we've seen from... Um, well, we know from your time in Pats, uh, you're an attacking player. Um, you can play in various positions. Um Ideally, where what position are you playing in? You know, it's a difficult question to be fair because I am very versatile and I think that's kind of killed me a little bit. Um, I've played on the left. Obviously, throughout my youth, I've, I've played as a number 10, kind of behind the striker. And um, I went to Rangers and uh, at the time when I was on trial there, I played a 4-2-3-1 and I played in the 10 behind the striker. And then the season that I signed... They started. They went to a four-three-three, which was um, one holding midfielder and two ahead. And um, they put me out on on the wing, on the left wing. And ever since then, I've kind of been perceived as a winger. Um, so the last four or five years, I've played out on the wing, left wing. But per, like personally, I feel like I'm more comfortable in a midfield position. But as I said, I'm is versatile, so I'm happy to play. Is it something you spoke to, have you spoke to the gaffer about it? Yeah, I've spoken to the gaffer. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he's kind of watched my games um, as me playing as a winger, so that's kind of where he fits me into the team. Uh, but I've spoken to a lot of managers in the last few years about it because obviously they, they kind of know me as a winger, but um, 
kind of the last season at Bradford, uh, I spoke to the manager there and said that I wanted to play uh, as a midfielder. And I started the season in midfield. Obviously, I got injured, which was unfortunate, but um, I played well uh, in midfield. But I'm happy to play anywhere on the pitch, to be honest. So, um, so as part of your research about um, League of Ireland football uh, and St. Pat's, or possibly part of your research about Slugger Rovers, did, did that involve making phone calls to Owen Doyle? Yeah, well, I, I just messaged him because uh, obviously I knew he played for Sligo and he's played in the League of Ireland. So I just wanted to get his opinion on the club and uh, and the league. And he honestly couldn't have spoken any highly of Sligo and uh, the town and the community, how it's fan-driven. And uh, he, he said he, he had his best years in football at Sligo. So that kind of um, persuaded me to come. Oh, I'm in tears. I'm in tears. <laughs> uh, um, what um, so you played with him uh, around 2018 uh, at Bradford? Is that, is that right? Yeah, um, I think he signed in. I don't know if it was January or the summer of 2018 or 19, maybe I'm not sure. I think he was there for about 18 months. But um, yeah, I played with him uh, on quite a few occasions, and uh, we got on well. So I thought I'd just ask him for a bit of advice. Well, what sort of impression did he make in Bradford? I know that he. Um, he kind of he moves around to a lot of clubs, but he, regardless of where he goes, he scores goals. Um, what how was what was his impression? Uh, what impression did he leave on uh, on the team in Bradford? Yeah, he's a he's a goal scorer. Uh, sco- score goals everywhere, um, and he's a, a proper good good bloke as well. Um, good to have around the dressing room, and he helped me as a young player to to settle in and. Um, yeah, you could just see in training his finishing and um, kind of his experience and stuff. So, yeah, okay. So, um, uh, season ahead it kicks off on Saturday week. Um, are is there is the squad coming together? Is there a positive feeling around the squad? Do you know? Does everybody know? Um, you know, are you confident of starting positions or, you know, is, is there still stuff? I know the manager has said on the club website that he's still looking to bring in players. So, um, you know, is there, um, do you feel that, you know, we're going to be playing come the start of the season or is that up in the air? Yeah, well, I'm excited first and foremost to get going next Saturday. Uh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, as I, as I said before, like the, the team kind of, everyone knows each other's roles. And you know that, that's I think that's important. We know um, our roles individually, but as a squad, I think everyone knows each other's jobs. Um, no, I don't know what formation we're going to play. I kind of uh, we've been working on a few formations, so um, I'm not sure what we're going to go with. But um, as I said, I'm excited. I think the squad's coming together. It's gelling. Everyone gets on, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the first game. Um, we spent a good part of the podcast today um, or this evening talking about um, some of the younger uh, local players that have come through the Rovers Academy, uh, Johnny Kennedy, um, Mark Byrne. Um, you know, you're a young player yourself, but you've got a good bit of experience. You've, you've been at a number of different clubs. You've played at quite a high level. How, how do these young players um, compare? Or, you know, how, What's your opinion of the standard that these lads are playing at? Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I, I know Johnny Kenny is going to be an outstanding player. I know that for sure. Uh, his goal scoring in preseason has been phenomenal. Uh, he's only 17 and as soon as I seen him play kind of thing, like he's going to be a big player for Sligo and uh, wherever that takes him, then um, I don't know. But and Mark Byrne, obviously, there's, there's a few young players that are coming through uh, and, you know, I don't want to, put too much pressure on them and, and say they're going to do massive things this season because uh, it's going to take time and they're going to have to um, obviously work on their game and, and gain experience throughout the season but um, the young players in the in the, in the the club are doing well and uh, you know I hope for big things for them. Jordan as a side you're obviously going to set targets throughout the season um, overall where are you looking to to finish up this year, what's the what's the goal? 
As I said, the gaffer wants to improve on last season. Uh, obviously, they finished fourth last season. So, in his mind, he wants first, second, third. Um, you know, I've come here to try and improve the team and, uh, you know, kind of help them to climb up the table. Uh, you know, you can't really set... We haven't really spoke as a squad about um, where we want to what we want to achieve this season yet. But I think, you know, the players that we've got in, Greg Bulger, he's a, a league winner. Uh, Gary Buckley at Cork. The gaffers won this, the league before. He kind of, everyone knows what it takes. Uh, we've got players in the squad that know what it takes to win. Um, so we're going to just try and take every game as it comes and hopefully we're going to run and put some points on the table. Uh- uh, before we finish up, anybody else got any uh, burning questions that they need to get to um, get to Jordan before we finish up? No. Um, listen, Jordan, thanks a million for your time. Um, we're excited. Um, we were excited to see you join the club. Um, we had also spoken about it earlier on that um, you know the fact that St Pat's were disappointed, or St Pat's fans were definitely disappointed to see you leave. Um, it's a, a feather in in our cap. So. Uh, we wish you the very best of luck uh, across the forthcoming season. Maybe we hope to see you in that number 10 position. I, I think that could be a possibility. I think if you look at the formation, uh, you know, two, two deep-line midfielders, somebody in front of them, uh, Romeo Parks, number nine. You could be that number 10, Jordan. I think I think that really could happen. Um, but listen, yeah, thanks, man, for, thanks, for your, thanks for your time. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll chat to you again um, across the season um, and we'll check in with you again. Cheers, Jordan. Thank you very much. Okay, that was uh, Jordan Gibson, uh, recent signature for the club. He is, um, he's sprightly. Uh, he looks, um, he looks like he could be a real threat, and he's going to offer, um, he's going to offer something different, Magoo, on the wings for us. Yeah, yeah, he looks a tidy player, doesn't he? He's, uh, he's, he looks uh, one of those players just, just lovely on the ball, glides across the ground with the ball with feet and stuff, and uh, he looks really, really exciting. But, um. Oh, it's like anything in his position, we didn't have enough for last year. It'll be all down to numbers, won't it? Goals, goals and assists. That's what you need. And 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 my new favorite one, pre-assist. You know what I mean? That's the winner. The, the new one is pre-assist. That's what we need. We need yeah. goals, goals, assists, goals and pre-assists. Um, yeah. we, didn't, sure. we didn't have anything from the, we didn't have anything from the country last year. Like really, we were we were getting penalties, and she, she, there was no there was no. You know, we need to, we need to be we need the whole all the attackers to be chipping in with goals and assists. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, kind of added values of signing uh, Gibson, Sean, is that um, Pat's were disappointed to see him leave. Always nice to hear. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's a massive positive when you're taking people's uh, better players instead of their hand me downs. Um, yeah, no, he's I'm really excited by him. So um, I think he's a really, I think he's a raw talent. I think he's someone that then is going to Buckley's going to mold him into the into the player he wants him to be. I think in a, I think it's going to be very exciting for Sligo Rovers going forward. Um, okay, uh, that's Jordan Gibson. So we wish him the best of luck for the season ahead with, uh, with Rovers. Um, nice lad. He's a lovely fella. Lovely fella. Okay, so um, while we have you on the line, Jerry, uh, we're going to uh, talk to you about a little bit pro- a project, a little project, a big project that you've been working on for quite a while. Uh, it was announced a number of weeks ago. Many people will know about uh, this new connection between Sligo Rovers and Everton Football Club, uh, but you were instrumental to it, Jared. So wh- where did it come from? Yeah, so uh, but, but, um, it kind of came about where, well, David and Melanie Prentice were over um, a few years ago in Sligo. Who were they? Sorry. Sorry, uh, Melanie um, is Dixie Dean's granddaughter and uh, David is the uh, head of sport for the Liverpool Echo. So um, kind of two quite influential people on Merseyside um, so through that, I kind of got to, to know them and that, and have kind of kept in touch over the the last while. Um, and just ch- talking to, to David as well, and that, you know, do, they, do you think there's any chance that we could kind of do some form of uh, hookup with, with Everton? And he was like, yeah, you know, why not? Let's kind of look into it. So um, David was able to put us in contact with um, Richard Kenyon, who's a director at Everton. Um, and straight from the off, um, you know, Richard was really, really keen and interested in uh, in pursuing it. So at that point, kind of Tommy Kame uh, took over uh, 
in the dealings with uh, with with Everton. Um, but like that, I think you would have heard from previous that you know it, it moved very very quickly. Um, and and that's that's how it kind of came about, really. Um, like the the um, we've read about the connections between coaches and um. You know the academies kind of uh, interacting between one another, but I mean you're not a spokesperson for Everton, although you might have an interest in Everton. But um, where, where do you think the value lies in the agreement for Everton? Um, I think it's just you know they've got several uh, partnerships with um, with clubs around the, the world, and it's something that they're really trying to 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 look at. Um, you know they had a big announcement there with supporters clubs in in the US there. A week or so ago, I know they've got another. They had another big announcement with supporters clubs in Colombia and stuff like that. So it's just about trying to, I suppose, grow their brand and their awareness worldwide. Um, and like that too. Look, you've got uh, ever changing circumstances with the likes of Brexit and things like that. So you know, I don't want to kind of pre-guess or anything like that. But I'm sure there are opportunities there for both clubs. Um, to pursue and, and that's kind of where it got me thinking in the initial thing was when like Magoo, I've been talking to Magoo about this over a year ago um, and where I was coming from and Brexit would have been the, the, the one thing that look there's opportunities in this for every uh, downside the thing there's always an opportunity there to be to be tapped into and I think we will uh, we will reap benefits out of it um, just touching on uh, like I was talking to Connor there um a couple of weeks ago, uh, Conor O'Grady, and like they're having Zoom calls with the Everton coaches uh, two to three times a week, just exchanging ideas and methods and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's really, really been beneficial and um, can only help. The other big thing that I think that we can take out of it is, um, is gaining knowledge and expertise from uh, Everton in the community. Um, anybody I think that knows um, about you know uh, clubs that work in the, their communities Everton are by far and away the best status over in the UK I think they've got a budget of something like 24 million uh, per year just for community projects they do something like 40 projects a year they're just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to this kind of stuff um, and, and, and you'll see that as well you know with them moving to the new stadium like they're not just knocking the old one they're, they're looking to put in uh, community services, building housing, social housing, all that sort of thing. So, look, that's you know a different world away from us. But I think if we can ride on their coattails and, and, and pick up bits and pieces, you know, it's well, there's definitely scope. There, there's definitely scope from um, Rovers' point of view to like, although we're a, a wholly community kind of focused club, yeah. like I always feel that it's a bit of a, it's all it's kind of one directional. It's us kind of diehards. And there's thousands of us um, yeah. who give our money and our time or whatever it might be um, to, you know, progress in the club. Um, but in order for the club to be truly seen as, you know, core pillar of the community, it's kind of got, it, it has to start, it, it has to give more than, it has to offer more value to the wider community as well, I suppose. And there, that's an area where we could, um, where we can definitely improve. And, you know, like that, the, the, the um, the talk around the redevelopment of the showgrounds or what that might look like, I suppose, is part of that, definitely. Um, and I suppose the other thing that people always want is the potential of a couple of friendlies here and there, if that's possible. That's something that people get excited about. Um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully at some stage uh, down the line when we get over this pandemic and that, um, you know, we'll watch this space. But definitely for me, Everton in the community and to try and as you were saying, Connor, to uh, maybe establish and grow it further here, uh, rovers in the community, that is. Um, I think, look, that's what makes a club sustainable uh, when you can get yourself properly in amongst the community and see, you know, show how you are a benefit to that, that community. And I think before this, we've been making strides in it, but I think there's huge opportunities there for us to, to go further with it. Um, and, you know, look, as you touched upon earlier on, Connor, as well, you know, like for us getting forward, that's a, that's success. But, um, and, and that's, 
you know, we want success in the community too and, and to make that sustainable. So. Okay. Um, listen, it's it's a great news story. And um, I you you can't tell us at the moment, I don't think, but you do expect there to be further kind of um, announcements around the, the connection between both clubs in the coming weeks. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, a lot of work is going on behind the scenes. Um, I suppose it's been curtailed a little bit by, you know, um, COVID and that. But yeah, no, look, there's definitely, look, this is, I suppose, we're only a few weeks in, really, um, and definitely there will be more stuff coming. Uh, I, I'm going on the next uh, call with them, so I suppose at that point I'll know more uh, and hopefully be able to keep you up to date with it. Yeah, okay. Um, before we wrap things up for uh, another week, um, we'll just take a quick look ahead um, at... Um, uh, well, just to mention as well, before I forget about it, um, I got my um, watch LOI uh, season, uh, what would you call it, pass uh, today. Uh, so good news there for all the fans for the first half of the season anyway, that we um, would be able to watch Rovers play. Because ultimately, if we can't watch Rovers play, Podcast is screwed, really, lads, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've very little uh, core material uh, to go we on. Do, we do make up half it anyway. Be <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about re- recounting uh, Kenny's first goal there. I think I combined both goals together. So <laughs> even getting to watch the football would be really good. Um, but uh, listen, it's good news, and uh, we'd encourage people. I think if if you are a season ticket holder, or if you have if you're part of the um, the uh, ticketing for the forthcoming season uh, by submitting three of your tickets to the club, you get uh, your watch LOI pass. So just to say that as well. Um, and just really quickly before we finish, we have a friendly uh, next weekend. I think we're in Abbottstown against Shells. And um, then our first home game, sorry, our first yeah home game of the season uh, is... Um, sorry, our first game of the season is against Dundalk on Saturday week. And with that in mind... Um, we hopefully are going to speak to uh, the manager, Liam Buckley, next week. Our people are talking to his people. His people are talking to our people, trying to make it happen. <laughs> um, but it looks like um, we're going to get it over the line. Um, have we got anything else to mention before we finish up? No, no you've done the bingo on stuff, didn't you? We did the bingo, yeah. Uh, just to remind that, remind you that the bingo's taking place again on a Friday night. Uh, Sligerovers.com forward slash bingo, all the information you need. Okay, right. We'll talk to you next week and um, we will talk to, we'll be talking to the manager, Liam Buckley, next week as well, hopefully. Thanks very much. Thanks, uh, Sean. Thanks a million, Connor. See you, lads. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Sean, or Connor. Uh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> for <go. laughs> thanks for go. Thanks for go. Bye, boys. Pleasure. Good luck.